What's up, everybody? Welcome to the big show, off-season edition. Corey, Alex, bringing you the best of Big Ten football and etc. because it's the off-season. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe, follow, leave reviews, follow us on the gram and Twitter at Big Show Pod, and just be prepared because we took a couple weeks off since the off-season started. To allow our minds to wander and think and process about what we were going to talk about. And I can guarantee you that none of us came up with anything productive in that amount of time. See, why would you tell them that? We are we're supposed to be the end-all be-all of, of Big Ten football knowledge. And yet you're like, oh, yep, we didn't think of anything to talk about. <laughs> I think at this point... If people have listened to us for any amount of time, that they we may have been found out that we're not as intelligent as uh, as we claim. You to be. shut your mouth. I'm brilliant. You are. You're the smartest of Listen, all. Of I us. may not know how to pick games, but I do know how to predict horrible football. <laughs> Corey's the sicko expert. He what? can spot a horrible, unentertaining unfulfilling football game from miles away. I can spot a sicko from any distance. He, he can spot a sicko from over that mountain. Yikes. Uh, so, we asked you because we couldn't think of what to talk about. And there you go. We guys, asked this, you, see, we're off to a blazing start. I mean, this is just, we're rocking and we're you alone. Know here, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rewind this. We thought of a brilliant idea to talk about what every off-season podcast talks about, and that's the way too early predictions. That's what that is what you and I and the brain trusts of the Big Ten or of the Big Show. Excuse me, I don't even know the name of the show of the Big Show have discussed that we will talk about this morning. So I'm going to go first because obviously I need I need to take the reins here because somebody just is revealing all of our secrets. Anyway. I let go of the steering wheel a long time yes, ago. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. My prediction, blue blood college football final four. What do I mean by that? Number one, all from different conferences, by the way. Number one, Alabama. They'll figure out a way somehow, as they always do, because they have Nick Saban. Number two, Michigan, as their triumphant return three years in a row to the college football playoff. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Has that ever happened before? Th- three years in a row? I'm sure Bama's done it. Regardless, Michigan. Number three, Notre Dame. Oh, get out of here. And number four, USC. Oh, my gosh, bro. Okay. So, Bama, I can obviously see happening. Michigan, I expect to happen. USC could happen, while I wouldn't predict it. But Notre Dame. I mean, I get it that they're getting, what's-his-face, Sam Hartman to come play quarterback for them. But, dude, they're they're not even a year removed from losing to Marshall. So? Like, we, we really don't know if Marcus Freeman can coach yet. We really don't. Like, I know they got better throughout the year and who else was I listening to I was listening to unnecessary roughness and uh, 
what's his face on there, Brandon Walker, predicted that Notre Dame would be in the college football playoff conversation. I I don't know. I cannot get on board with that because what number one, the ACC is going to be better. Clem, Clemson has to be better. They they won't be the pile of flaming garbage that they were last year. Okay, well, year. If, if you're saying Clemson is better, I don't mean to cut you off, but if you're saying Clemson is better, meaning the ACC being better, wouldn't you mean the entirety of the ACC would be better? I do think the ACC as a whole. Well, I, I, I should say the top dogs. Like Clemson and Florida State will both be better. Notre Dame, I, I am going to say Notre Dame will be better. But I don't know. They feel like one of those teams, like they, they have to experience heartbreak and loss before they can like get over that hump. You know what I'm saying? Of, of making the final four in this new era for them. Okay. Whatever. I think you're wrong because you're done. No, you're not dumb. You're a very smart and intelligent man. Thank you. Here's my thought process. First off, number one, Alabama, it's Alabama. Second off, Michigan is basically returning everybody on the offensive side of the ball. With exception of schoolmate, but you have Colson, you have you know some transfers that'll help in that department. So those are your yep. those are your top dogs, in my opinion. USC has the best football player in college football returning, according to your voting, right? Caleb Williams. I don't think he will regress. If anything, I think he'd get better, which doesn't necessarily mean a back-to-back Heisman, but it means that you're going to have a very good player. Right. They can figure out how to tackle once a game. They could they could do some damage, and it's the brand. Notre Dame is what Iowa thinks they are right now. I I hear Joel Klatt talking about how like if Iowa just had a capable quarterback, they'd be a top fifteen team. Okay, if Notre Dame had a capable quarterback, they're in the top ten, easy. They might even be in the top five. Notre Dame, with a loss to Marshall, by the way, this year was routinely a top 15 team. And now you add the most experienced quarterback in college football to that team who's going to know how, who's going to know the right moves and right plays to do. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to work within himself. And you don't think he's transferred to Notre Dame for a shot? at the college football playoff because they probably have the easiest out of anybody. They go If they go undefeated, which they probably should, I guess they play USC. Um, really? You think they should go undefeated? Like you think that should be the bar that they're setting for themselves next year? Going undefeated? Yeah. I think, I, I think it's – maybe that's not the bar, but they have to, they have, to have one loss. Or they, ha- they can only have one loss to have a shot. Obviously, and if that loss comes to USC, who is a perennial, you know, top five team, Pac-12 champion, then they might be like, oh well, put Notre Dame in for the brand, because here's here's what you're here's what you're seeing. You're going to see the the new age, I, I guess if you want to call it new age, because Alabama Alabama was old age, but then they had a horrible what 80s 90s, and then now the 2000s. And beyond, they've you know been a football, college football powerhouse. You'll have the new age blue bloods with USC and Alabama potentially as your one and four, 
and then you will have the old school Midwestern, you know, Midwestern values matchup in the college football semifinal with Michigan and Notre Dame. I can I can guarantee you right now the committee is already salivating at the thought of that. They are I'm sure they are. the the amount sure. of money that would just go into their pockets from that matchup alone. They the the games could be horrible. But we've already seen what a Michigan and an Ohio State presence in the college football playoff does for ticket prices. And I think everybody yeah. had their fingers crossed hoping that you would get the game part two in Southern California, but that didn't happen. No, it didn't. So I'm looking at Notre Dame's schedule next year. They start off with Tennessee state and NC state. So those are wins and central Michigan. So those are wins. They host Ohio state next year. So I won't go through every game. I'll just point out the three toughest games on their schedule. So they have Ohio state at home. They have USC at home, and they go on the road to Clemson. So those are their three toughest games. There's really, when you look at the rest of the schedule, if they go two and three in those games, in those sorry, if they go two and three of those games, you don't think they're going to have a legitimate shot? If they go two and three in those games, and win the rest of theirs, they'll make the playoff. I could see like they have to go to Duke, uh, Duke the week. They play Ohio State. Bro, come on. Dude, don't sleep on them. I'll sleep. Duke had a pretty good year. I'll sleep on Duke. Hartman knows Duke. He's been playing Duke for four years. Yeah, but, man, this this is college football, dude. These weird games happen. The Purdue blowing out Ohio State happens. I I mean, sure, fine. I think – I think these two weeks in the middle of the season where Notre Dame goes to Duke and to Louisville, I think those are potential trip-up games. Louisville's not. But outside of that, the rest of the schedule is soft besides those five games to me. They're three toughest with Ohio State, USC, and Clemson, and then on the road at Duke and Louisville. Louisville. I think there's – I just think there's one too many roadblocks for them to, to get in, on top of the fact that they don't play a conference championship game. Well, they'll play essentially three of the best teams in Power Five conferences. They will. So you said the expectation, like the the bottom end should probably be one loss. Who do you see the loss coming to? Uh, Probably on the road to Clemson, probably. But then that would make some complications. See, this is with the four-team playoff. This makes some complications here, but – you have a win against Ohio State and USC, which would be your Pac-12 right. champion in this scenario. I mean, I don't know. And then it's and then it's a question of brand, right? Once you get to the end, because if oh, you, is going to beat just about anyone in the country on brand, yeah, I think that. I mean, it's it's a hot take, but I think it's a I think it's a feasible hot take. Because the, co- the complications is. of the conference championships will, will play into this. Odds are, if everything sticks, I, I don't think you'll see another Big 12 team in this upcoming season. Because, uh, again, that conference just beats up on itself. And for whatever reason, that means it's 
That means it's weak in football, but if a conference beats up on itself in basketball, that means it's strong. So we don't, we're, we're going to, we're not going to get into that. Um, but if you, if USC is anywhere close, like they were this year, and if they didn't embarrass themselves in the PAC 12 championship, they would have been in. Um, so you'll have their brand carrying them. Alabama, obviously SEC champion is going to get in regardless. Um, Michigan, if they continue the success that they've been on, they're going to get in. Um, yeah. And uh, the last piece would be a, I suppose, Clemson, ACC champion, and Notre Dame. I like it. As far as hot takes go, you're right. It is feasible, but it is still hot enough to where, like, I don't really want to touch you it. You want my scalding hot take? Well, let, let me give my, like, yeah, but I don't hot care take. about your hot take. Like, I'm just kidding. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, be nice to me. No. Um, okay, so this is my this is my hot take that like isn't going to be my hottest, but and this and these don't necessarily have to be hot takes. These are just like way too early 2023 look ahead predictions. So mine is about a team that you mentioned and compared Notre Dame to uh, Iowa. My prediction for Iowa is that they will have a better record than they did last year, but will not make the Big Ten championship game. So last year, they went 8-5 and five overall, 7-5 and five in the regular season because they won their bowl game against Kentucky. But their schedule... Their schedule is nothing to sneeze at. Like, they have Utah State, Iowa State, Western, Michigan to start the year. Iowa State's always tough. Huh? Iowa State's always tough. Yeah, but but Iowa will be a better football team. They will. But they go, they go and play at Iowa State, right? No, they get them at home. Really? Yeah. So they have those three that I think are W's to start the year. Then they go on the road to Penn State. I'm going to say that's an L. Michigan State at home. I'll put that one at 50-50. We don't know what Michigan State's going to be. The only tough game left on their schedule after this, sorry, two tough games on their schedule after that, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska. But let's say they take L's against Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska and Michigan State just for just for the 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 heck of it they would still finish with a better regular season record than they did this year because they went 7 and 5 and they would be sitting at 8 and 4 and I don't think that gets them into the Big 10 championship game coming out of the west so then who who and I, and I think there's a very good possibility that they finish at 9 and 3 or even 10 and 2 and still don't get into the Big Ten Championship. Wow. Then who gets in? So this is my – this is probably the hottest take that I have. North, Northwestern. Northwestern's <laughs> win in the West. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. I won't get burned twice. This is my hotter take. Wisconsin will make the Big Ten Championship game as a one-loss team and finish the year easily in the top – I actually have 15 written down. I'm going to say top 12 in the country. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, and Wisconsin's schedule, it lines up great for them. It lines up great for them. Their toughest opponents are Nebraska, Ohio State, and Iowa. And they get all of them at home. All of them. I have Ohio State being their only loss next year. I, their toughest road game, when you look at it, is probably Washington State or Minnesota. That's their toughest road game next year. So I have Wisconsin, one loss, making it to the Big Ten Championship, and finishing the year in the top 12. Truly, I don't know what to think about for Ohio State. I think they'll either be you know, a force like they always are, or I think the bottom might fall out. I don't think I would put my money on the bottom falling out, but but I guess it depends on what you define as the bottom falling Who's out, the, right? Like well, uh, I'm talking about like multiple losses before the Michigan game. So could you? I mean, I I agree with you actually that I see that as a realistic possibility for Ohio State. Like I think there's potential for Ohio State to finish third in the Big Ten East. Behind. With wow. Michigan and Penn State finishing above them, like, like that's a real possibility. I don't know how that would be. Well, back and Penn State should be better. How would that work though? Because then what would what would Penn State be? Penn State would have one Big Ten loss, and that would be to Ohio State. No, Penn State would probably beat Ohio State in that scenario, okay. and lose to. Michigan. Okay, so you have that. I, I personally, I think Michigan's going to lose to Penn State. And they're going to have a loss. Because Michigan goes on the road to Happy Valley, don't yeah, they? Yeah, for the whiteout game. To be honest, I think it might be more likely that Michigan trips up against someone they shouldn't than Penn State. I know that's not logical at all, but that almost feels like what's going to so happen Nebraska to Michigan. Early on? Yeah, like, like a Nebraska or a Purdue that's rebuilding, right? Like, they're not going to. They know. they're not going to lose to Purdue at home. I don't. I mean, I don't even know if they play they, either. They, no, they two. play Purdue at home. They're not going to lose to Purdue at home. They're they're a machine at home. It, it's something crazy would have to happen. Purdue would have to play the game of their life, and given what they lost, I. And you know me, I am I am, I am a boiler maker believer. I'm a boiler believer. I, my friend, I know and I love Hudson Carr coming in for them to play quarterback. I feel like that's going to be a fairly seamless transition, and he's got two years left as well. But yeah, nice. but who's coming back? Maccabee, that's good. What about your offensive line? What about Payne Durham? What about Charlie Jones? Because uh, those are those. That's what made the offense special. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I I do expect Purdue to be really really bad. I don't think they'll be bad, but they're not going to go into the big house. And, I I could be saying that and just be completely putting my foot in my mouth. I don't I don't know anything. Exactly. exactly, exactly. So okay, let's put let's put a percentage chance on our hot takes that we've given, and then we'll get to your scalding hot one. Okay. So your your Notre Dame slash blue blood college football playoff. I'm gonna put. I'm only going to give that one a 10% chance because I actually don't think USC is going to win the Pac-12 either. I, think it's I don't think USC is going to take the step forward that they need to. Who's going to win the Pac-12? Huh? Who's going to win the Pac-12? Uh, if I had to put money on someone right now, it would be Oregon. Oh, uh, I forgot about them. 
But I'm not saying it's not possible for USC. I'm just saying that's not where my money would be, which I have a little thing to say on the Pac-12 too later because we don't have to keep this as just the Big Ten because sure. we can do whatever frick we want. Uh, so I'm giving yours a 10% chance of that. Okay. All right, Iowa having a better record but not making the Big Ten championship. 80. That's that's. Oh, you're on board. Yeah. I mean, they'll be way okay. better with McNamara. They'll be they'll be way better with a, an actual quarterback at quarterback. True. Okay, so what about the Wisconsin then finishing with one loss? And that's in the regular season, at least finishing as a one loss team going to the Big Ten championship, ending the year in the top twelve. I say that's feasible, but I wouldn't bet on it because Wisconsin always like loses. <laughs> Wow, breaking edge analysis, Corey. Um, they always they. I just always remember them at the end of the year having two losses. It's like, it's like death taxes and Wisconsin with two two losses at the end of the season. But they could like they could lose the Big Ten championship game, which no. I think they would. I think it's more like they have two losses. losses. Yeah, two losses before the Big Ten championship. Okay, so what percentage chance are you giving me for one loss? For one loss going into the Big Ten Championship. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, so what's your scalding, hot, Ross Geller holding his hot pan of fajitas take? This has to have everything happen correctly. So, like, a 2% chance. And we this is a lot of ifs from one of these, one of these teams as well. Alabama... Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. Three Big Ten teams in the college football the playoff. Ball. This is this is if Ohio State's bottom doesn't fall out. And they have a quarterback like they always do. They can just they can throw in there and he's like one of the best in the country. And then Penn State, if their guy outside of uh what's his face is their guy. Um Drew Allard. Yeah, Drew Allard. If he's the savior of, of Penn State football, which could which could happen because we saw JJ McCarthy in his first year as a starter do very well. Go, go um, but this is like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State have to lose to each other, and they can't lose another game. Wow! So, but even more than that, you would need like like I don't think the Big Twelve champ really gets in regardless, no. unless they're undefeated, unless the TCU lost. happens. Right, unless they're one loss or undefeated, and I don't think that'll happen again. You would need the Pac-12 and ACC champ to have like three losses. Or, like or you two. would need to have. You would need to have like a Clemson play. You would need to have Clemson go into the championship game with like one loss and play Wake Forest and lose. Yeah. Whoa. That's a scalding hot. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it's kind of fun to think about. And if it's going to happen any year, I think it's probably this one. So Michigan plays at Penn State. There's their loss. Kind of. Well, I don't know how that would work. Well, because yeah. then it would be Penn State would be a Big Ten champion in that scenario. So you would need so you would need Michigan to lose at Penn State, Ohio State to lose at Michigan, and Penn State to lose at Ohio State. You would need all the road teams to lose, right? Yes. Or Or could it get – could it be could it be a way where one of those teams is undefeated 
Like if like Ohio State's undefeated, well, I guess then Michigan and Penn State would have both lost to Ohio State. And that wouldn't have happened because then Mich- one of Penn State and Michigan would have had to. Yeah, no. It would have to be – they would lose to each other. That's the only way. Yeah, Ohio State schedule right now. Uh, yeah, Penn State goes to Ohio State. So, yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you could end up with one of them being undefeated. Well, I guess you could end up with one of them being undefeated. Like, let's say Michigan goes undefeated, and then that would just be the only loss that Penn State and Ohio State have. Oh wait, no, they can't, they can't have it because they play each other. Right. Yeah. So it has to be yeah, so you each would, other. And you would probably need. What if you had the road teams win every game? That would be really impressive. That would be, but I think it's – I don't think it matters as long as they all lose to each other in some way, shape, or form. Wow, that would be great. You would need so many other things to happen. That's like, like you would need chaos. Georgia. Yeah, you would need Georgia to have two losses, like playing Bama in the SEC Championship. Dang, bro, that is a scalding hot take. Oh, my goodness. How would you even – come up with that without spontaneously combusting uh i don't sleep i just think about sports and then my brain short circuits and then it's morning (laughs) this is a cry for help please somebody help me this is just the off season we have nothing to occupy our minds and so we just think about unrealistic scenarios in sports uh, your, I have your scalding hot take. I don't think I have a scalding hot take. Three-way tie for the Heisman. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, J.J. McCarthy. <laughs> Remember when I actually said before last season, I was like, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Travion Henderson could all three be invited to the Heisman ceremony. They could be, and then they didn't. Ha! <laughs> and then they didn't because... One of them got hurt. Well, two of them got hurt. Travion was banged up most of the year, too. And my and Mayan Williams happened, which doesn't help. If I had... Bro, I'm not good at, like, scalding hot takes, you know? Like, I, I don't think I have any. I know they always oh, happen. Oh, come on. Say, like, Florida wins the SEC undefeated or something. Here's a, here's a fun question that I don't know if either of us are prepared to answer. Okay. Who's the most likely team to be next year's TCU? Me. Just kidding. Um, yikes. Um, Tulane. <laughs> Let's go. Green Wave. Let's go, Wave. Let's go. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a team out here. And I'm going to do it. I, I would pick Wisconsin, but I think – I think Michigan and Penn State both, if they were to make it to the Big Ten Championship game, even Ohio State would be too much for Wisconsin to actually beat and get to the playoff. This one, I would actually give a 1% chance of happening. Oregon State. Ooh, Winning the Pac-12 as a one-loss or undefeated team and making it to the playoff. People, like, sleep on what Oregon State did last year. They finished ten and three with an upset over Oregon with no quarterback. With no quarterback, and 
they get DJ Uyagalele. Uy Alongalele. DJ Uyagui is transferring in from Clemson, which, so you could argue they still don't have a quarterback, but you, you can't argue that the kid's got some talent yeah. somewhere. I mean, he wasn't a five-star quarterback coming out of high school for no reason. Like, he's got some talent. And maybe there's something going on at Oregon State. Maybe there's something in the water that they're feeding those kids that is going to just unlock his potential. And USC still doesn't play defense. Uh, Oregon still hasn't proved anything just yet. You know, Bo Nix is still very capable of making that back-breaking turnover. Uh, Washington is a team to keep an eye on, but you don't know if they've got the talent to take that next step. You've also got Utah to watch, but yeah, Cameron Rising, Oregon back. State, yeah, Cam, Cam Rising coming back, but Oregon State, man, they they played above their talent level last year, and so did TCU. So if I had to pick a team that could replicate what TCU did last year, I'd pick Oregon State. That's a, I, I like that. That's a good take. I think a lot of guys were talking about that too, as like a sleeper team. They're just a quarterback away from being, you know, making some noise out there. College football is great, but dude, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be totally honest, brutally honest. Michigan's got to win this thing. <laughs> if they don't win this thing this year, then they, there's no hope. You mean the whole the thing? whole thing? They don't. I think... They don't have a better shot than now. If they could get a, if they could get a corner right. transfer in. I know they've been linked to Damani Jackson, uh, and then there's this old Miss cor- cornerback that they're trying to get from the portal as well. He was an All-American. Yeah, who was an um, That would be huge, and I feel like those would be the final pieces because you got Michael Barrett, and then he's he's coming back for his sixth year. Sanders still will, will be locking down uh, safety role. Yeah, and then at the Nick Will Johnson. Will Johnson could be the best cornerback in the Big Ten. He could be the best corner in the country. Could be. But you need another, at least. <clears throat> you do. I And I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say for Michigan. To be honest, like Blake Corum and all these offensive linemen, they wouldn't be coming back, Mike Sainer still, they wouldn't be coming back if they didn't think that they were capable of winning the national championship. This is true. Like those guys wouldn't come back just for the money. They're coming back for a ring because they know they fell short of what they were capable of last year. Not to mention Blake Corum didn't even get to play in the semifinal. Now, does his presence make a difference in the win or loss column? Who knows, but I bet you he thinks it does. And I think that's a huge reason why him and all these guys are coming back. They want to make amends for the big turd that they laid in Arizona against TCU. Well, just think about it. Because what happens after this year, all of those guys are gone. Coram's gone. Edward's gone. or JJ's gone. Your linemen are gone. I mean, that's – and then that's up to your recruiting classes to, you know, fill in those holes. But that's essentially starting over and then also having to go into Ohio State after all of that. Yeah, Donovan Edwards already came out and said – he was like, after this year, my goal is to be a first-round NFL draft pick. Yeah. Like, he is not planning on staying more than than next year, longer than next year. So, this is it. It is natty or bust for Michigan. I think that's going to be the message in the locker room. 
that's going to be how fans feel and that's probably how it should be pressure is a privilege and they've got it and how they'll respond to that will be really interesting because i thought this was the most focused michigan team i've ever seen in my entire life and then they just laid an egg and they played their worst game of the season in tcu and they lost by six so that that's got to leave a bad taste in your mouth like we were the at our worst and we were a possession away from playing in a national championship game. So, I don't know. I don't know how you get more locked in, but hey, natty or bust. That's what it is. Um, okay, so outside of the Big Ten, what team or what conference are you most excited to watch it could be as like narrowed in as one team or one division in a conference it could be a conference as a whole i already have an answer too if you want me to go first, you go first but... <clears throat> okay i'll go first my conference outside of the big 10 that i'm most excited to watch i referenced it a little bit already is actually the pac-12 the pac-12 is going to be super interesting and they are going to have awesome quarterback play maybe from top to bottom the best quarterback play of any conference listen to these guys either coming back or or coming in and starting for the first time in the pac 12 so bo Nix is coming back to oregon they'll have the cfp on their minds cam rising is coming back to utah after back-to-back pac 12 championships caleb williams the heisman winner is coming back to usc Michael Penix Jr., who lit it up at Washington this year and was in the Heisman conversation, is coming back. Dante Moore, the super talented freshman, is going to be at UCLA with Chip Kelly. And then DJ Uigui from Clemson is transferring to Oregon State, who went 10-3 this year. Like, dude, those are electric players that are going to be playing every week in the Pac-12 they're going to have a bunch of games against each other. Like, it might be another year where the Pac-12 just beats up on itself and no one gets to the playoff. But, man, how fun would it be if, like, a Bo Nix or a Caleb Williams or a Michael Penix Jr. just, like, puts the team on their back and runs the table in the Pac-12? Regardless on if that happens or not, though, watching all these dudes play against each other, I think they are going to be so much fun to watch. You completely forgot about one big thing. Prime time, baby. Oh, bro. Dion and his son, too. Mm-hmm. Bro, how did I forget about... And so, you, I mean, that's going to be... That's going to be a fun conference to watch. So, if you... If you're a if you're a sicko like me and you stay up till twelve thirty on Saturday nights, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see some pretty exciting football. You're gonna want to watch the Big Twelve games that start at like eleven local time. Pack twelve after dark, baby. You're gonna you're gonna want that. So, Alex, I agree with you for all of those reasons, but mostly for a, I can't pick the Big Ten, which is a bummer because I love to watch Big Ten football because half the time it's disgusting and you know, go sickos. Um, I can't stand the SEC. It's pretentious. Um, they only play they play the least amount of conference games uh, out of any of the major conferences. 
um, and why I need to see Youngstown's, Youngstown State play Alabama in week 13 before Auburn. I don't know. I don't need to see that because you know why? They know what they're doing. And they're not they're they are letting the other conferences hurt themselves. But I think somebody should step in and be like, Hey, you can't do that anymore. Because they're the only conference that does it. And that pisses me off. And it's like, oh, we're so great we don't need to. It's like, no, you're great because you only schedule eight conference games. And they're like, Well, that's because we're smart and you're stupid. And I'm like, Well, you're stupid, and it just goes back and forth. Um the Big Twelve somewhat pisses me off because they score a bajillion points a game. And in the bajillion points a game, you have good teams like TCU. And then you have bad teams like Texas Tech, who essentially have the same offenses. And they just decide when to show. It is the most, it is the most chaotic out of the bunch. But then it, you see like a team just mess it up for no reason. You see a Texas Tech mess it up for no reason. You see like a, a, a Kansas. Oh, I forgot about Kansas. I actually like watching Kansas football. Shoot, I might have to rephrase this. But no, no, they just need to figure it out. They just need. They just need to. They need to be consistent. Like, give me a hierarchy of Big Twelve teams because on any given Saturday, it's like, oh, Kansas is the best Big Twelve team today. Nope, we lied. It's Oklahoma State. Nope, we definitely lied. It's blah 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 blah. All the, so. And then the ACC pisses me off. They're boring. So that is a that is a boring football conference. Yeah, it is. Probably the worst football to watch. So are you siding with yeah, me? Yeah, I'm siding with you. It's got the lights. It's got the glitz. It's got the glam. So they could they honestly they should just market it as like as Hollywood football. I mean, I guess that that would be heavily heavily onto you know USC and UCLA, but like I don't know, make it like like. Give that, give it the prestige this year. You know how like everybody loves the Big Ten commercial, where it goes across the map and it's got all the cool stuff. Market it like that. Market it like as like all of these teams are like superstars. Make Oregon State like Brad Pitt or something. I don't know. I was in marketing. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a great idea. I also think Hollywood football is the perfect phrase for Lincoln Riley's defensive philosophy. Yeah, because they hire they hire uh, stunt doubles, not stunt doubles. That's the that's the opposite. They hire. Uh, man, I am off the rails. I'm off the grid. Test, test dummies. Test dummies. Yeah, test dummies to play defense. Yep. All all glitz, all glamour, no substance. Too darn tootin'. Boom! You've been roasted, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, you freaking suck, Feel dude. Bad. Feel bad about yourself. You suck. Okay, so the only other thing that the uh, the fans, all four of them who are ours, uh, voted on was just giving a little shout-out to some Big Ten rookies in the NFL, which you pay attention to NFL more than I do. I pay attention to it from a fantasy football perspective for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got some... Got some Big Ten dudes who are balling in the league. Aiden Hutchinson, Freak. who might be the defensive rookie of the year. Freak. Is he going to be the defensive rookie of the year? No, everybody likes Sauce. Sauce. Oh, yeah. They think they think he's like cemented himself as the best corner in the game, or one of. So they're going to give it to him. And Lions fans are going to be mad. 
you got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who I believe, you can fact check me, I believe they are the first pair of rookie wide receivers from the same college to both have 1,000-yard seasons. They are freaks. Ohio State is wide receiver U, but that means they're soft. I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, you did. You, you I don't did. know what you're talking about. We're recording. Did you oh. Know that? oh, shoot. Didn't know that. Yeah, you better be careful. Oh, I don't. I'm no. I don't care. It's been a long time since Michigan's lost to Ohio State in football. So, yeah, it has. Uh, Jahan Dot for the Commanders had a good run when he wasn't hurt. He got hurt. I didn't play a lot. Of I'd games. really like to see what he looks like fully healthy because he was a difference maker on the Commanders. The Commanders have some weapons. They do, bro. They, do. they have. Scary Terry McLaurin, another Ohio State receiver. Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, who's another Ohio State receiver. Uh, they got some dudes. They have uh, a couple guys at running back, too, that are kind of nasty. But but they have Carson Wentz playing quarterback, so it's kind of like <laughs> LOL. LOL. Uh, George Karloftis, boiler up, is in the AFC Championship with the Chiefs. Yeah. Good on you, He's played more of a uh, reserve Kenneth. role, but uh, they really like they really like what he has, um, and I could see him I could see him getting huge playing time next year. Um, he's just a freak. He's he is a naturally gifted physical beast. Yeah, he is. That's that's what I say to people about you. Too. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Kenneth Walker the third. Listen, I I do not understand how he wasn't taken higher in the draft. I don't get it. Yep. I mean that he's so that good. guy that guy was unreal. And I don't I don't even care. He went to Michigan State. Like I knew exactly what he was going to do in the NFL. He was he was going to he was going to be take over games, just like he did in college. I think if you look at the NFL. Running backs are the easiest position to transfer over. Really? Do you agree with me? I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I've never thought about it, but plead your case. I feel like you can really tell. And, well, I don't want to say this because I don't want to offend anybody, but I think running back is probably the simplest position. You look for holes. You block. You do the, There's not even routes that you have to run. You, when you're running the ball, you just find open space. And if you have a guy sure. who's got good vision, if you have a guy that can find the holes, you can be a successful running back. Now, there's always outliers to this. Trent Richardson is one. But name me a running back who was wildly successful in college football that wasn't in the pros. I feel like yeah. I feel like there are way more – way like the success rate is way higher. Like wide receivers I could is probably number two because we've seen – such seamless training, like Justin Jefferson, everyone thought he was going to be a freak, and he is, and he's probably the best wide receiver in the league right now. Um, but I still think running back is like, it, as far as like picking it up and being good immediately, running back is the way is where you'd go. Yeah, I think I think you're. Now that I think about it, you're absolutely right. Like the hit rate is super, super high. Like, you think of guys like Zeke and Saquon and K-9 and Christian McCaffrey who were all taken super high in an era 
where a lot of people frown on that, and they're absolute difference makers on the field immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, they step onto the football field, and it was like, oh, you should have been playing NFL football, like, for uh, a year. Like, not just right now, because you are absolutely ready to play and have been. So I agree with that take. And think think of, too, like, the guys that come into the league, like, that go to these – I don't want to say no name schools, but these smaller schools like Lions have a guy from Cutstown. That's like a D three school, right? And I'm pretty sure he was a hundred yard rusher last year. Like that's not yeah. rushing for a hundred yards is not easy in the NFL. No, and look at actually look at the Chiefs and look at the Big Ten. Like Rutgers is not a no name school, but the Chiefs took Isaiah Pacheco in like the two fifties in the draft last year, and he's their best running and back on the probably- roster. He's their best running back on the roster. And I legitimately, I look at his name, I'm like, I do not remember hearing his name called in college. Not at all. It's what, But he's just a weapon, and Andy Reid knows how to use him. So I think you're right there, too. You can find these bargain guys in the back end of drafts, be like, all right, you're an athlete, you can catch the football, I'll, I want to put you in a position to succeed. Yeah, and like, uh, look at Josh Jacobs this year, too was really successful at Alabama. Now he was the lead NFL leading rusher this year. And as a rookie, he did really well. Um, and then he had like a down year after that. But still, I mean, he's always been a good player. Seamless transition for some of these guys. Dang, that's a good take, man. That's a good take. And, and, and Kenneth Walker Bravo. being a second-round pick and not starting out of the gate makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, how could you start him when you had – um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Wait, no, he has a name. He definitely has. Yeah, a name. he has a name because he's a person, but he's not better than Kenneth Walker. It was Chris Carson. I, he had a, totally I think he had a he had like a season or career ending injury, something in his back. He's got a bunch of them. Yeah, it was Chris Carson. I'm pretty sure. No, there's another guy. Oh God, I, I don't oh know Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. Thank you. Yes, Kenneth Walker should have been starting over Rashad Penny from the beginning. Because he's newsflash, Kenneth Walker greater than sign Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. Now Rashad Penny's kind of nasty though. I do like him, so they could have a pretty good one-two punch. He's a little nasty. Jamal Williams was like from some Mac school or something, or Mountain yep. West. He just he just broke he just broke Barry Effing Sanders' touchdown record this year. If you're good anywhere, treat seamless transition. You're right. You're right. Uh, that's basically all the Big Ten rookies, at least at like skill positions, um, that we can speak to numbers and stuff like that. So, anything else on on your mind, Corey, that you want to share with the public regarding college football and the off season? Oh gosh, I mean, I'll just be thinking. Thankfully, all of this Harbaugh stuff has has settled down, at least for now. Um. And uh, don't forget about those level one and level two violations. Nothing is, that going, nothing is going to come of those. Actually, I don't even think he's going to get suspended. I don't think so. Either. Yeah, because everyone's like, LOL. Yeah, we're not going to do that. NCAA. Like, they don't have any power. Literally everybody who's not in the NCAA is like, wait, what? This is a joke, right? Correct. So I pray to God that Michigan sees it the same way. And it's just like, Harbaugh. Do you, man? Do you? Yeah, go win, go win a natty. So I'm, I'm in, I'm in natty mode. 
I mean, I'll always be, I'll always be excited for Big Ten football to show up, and then I'll be interested to see what the Indiana schools do. Um, but they're going to be really bad this year. I, I mean, completely honest, my brain has shifted to college basketball. And Ethan and I talked about this uh, earlier this week. I, I'm starting to realize that college basketball's talent is very bad as compared to its professional counterpart. Um, that doesn't mean sure. that doesn't mean I like the professional counterpart more. But I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and so we'll call this Corey's soapbox because I'm going to get on a soapbox here um, for a little bit. Um, and the level of play is so far away from the college product to the professional product in the NBA um, than it is from the college product to the professional product of the NFL and college football because of what I think is where you're getting your players. I would say roughly 98% of all NFL players played college football. It probably is more, right? Alex, do you think so? Yeah, he's nodding. Okay. It's probably, That'd be 100%. It's probably 100%. What's the percentage of NBA players to play college basketball? Yeah, that's going to be a lot lower. I mean, you got guys that go straight to the G League or guys that go play in Europe and all that stuff. Right. And you have to fill a, a 54-man roster as well. I mean, that that kind of equals out because every college football team has roughly the same roster. Um, but there are more Division One basketball teams, far more Division One basketball teams than there are Division One football teams, I would think. Because all of the mid-majors that you get, that you see playing in the in the um, freaking sorry, well, excuse me, the mid the mid-majors that you see playing college basketball, uh, a lot of those schools don't have a football program. Like Xavier doesn't have a NCAA sanctioned football program. Right. Yeah. Uh, St. John's. Okay. Some of these Big East schools. All right, and then you look at you know, like Houston Baptist. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. So I, I think the reason that college football is so much enjoyed by the American public because it literally is that next step, and it will always be that next step from college football to the pros. And that's why we always have these conversations of like, could Alabama beat a Cleveland Browns or something like that because the gap is the most is the is the smallest between all of the four majors and I think the gap between college basketball and the NBA basketball is the widest because you have outside f- sources like the G League and especially Europe no uh, maybe baseball maybe, well, hockey. well hockey too but football is completely unique I guess that's that's what I'll say football is completely unique but I think outside of the of the four majors and then having all of these guys coming from Europe and now you're going to have a big Asian market as well because the NBA is really pushing that global side of things like Spain some of these some of these smaller European places places countries like they give the United States a run for their money oh yeah and i think Giannis was saying too that an international 
starting five would beat an American starting five, would sweep them. And I would agree. They would right now. They would. I would agree. I'm going to get some LeBron slappies. Like, oh, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and blah, 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 blah. Who's guarding Giannis? Who's guarding Joker? Who's guarding, you know, Pascal Siak? No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, who's guarding some of these Canadian guys? If you, speaking of scolding hot takes, if you had told me at the beginning of this podcast that you were going to rant about the NBA for three minutes, I would have put like a 1% chance on it. Less than 1%. Chance. No, I still don't like the NBA very much, but I will say I watched the Sacramento Kings play the Memphis Grizzlies the other night for reasons um, that we will not get onto about on the air. Um, the Sacramento Kings hit their first 10 three-pointers. They hit 10 three-pointers in a row. And I was like, I've never seen this much scoring in any in any basketball game this year because I've been stuck watching freaking Wisconsin and Iowa punch each other in the face for 10 minutes. And Hey, that's Big Ten basketball. Baby. And I've been watching Michigan dribble off the backboard. Hey, they're going to be fine. They better figure it out. I can't wait to watch them beat Purdue tomorrow. It's going to be great. It's going to happen. I'm calling I it. I hope so. All right, buddy. I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Thanks. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, off-season content will be coming. I don't know if we're going to be weekly or bi-weekly or what, but it is coming. It will be here. You just got to follow us on instagram at big show pod and you'll know everything you need to know about all of us even stuff you don't want to know that's way too personal so Alex says the thanks for listening. i'm getting it removed this year that's my new year's resolution uh follow us subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us reviews follow us on the socials and we will talk to you soon deuces Peace out everybody